All right, welcome to today's show, Tim Burkle. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you going? Fantastic. Ah, good to hear. Mate, you've had a killer Kona debut. Congratulations on that. That's absolutely amazing. But what made, what made you go to torture your body that little bit more and go and do a marathon a few weeks afterwards? Oh, look, uh, the the marathon in New York was just a bit of fun. It was we had a bit of a boys' trip with um, some old schoolmates of mine, and and uh, the run was just we we're planning on just jogging together, but uh, like it was just pretty much pretty much just a piss up really. But um, <laughs> the, even like the night before the marathon, we were out till like midnight, and we all had a a fair few a fair few too many beers. But uh, what happened was I ended up running to running into Macca at the start of the. the of the the marathon and I end up taking it out with him and dropping all my buddies. But uh, <laughs> well, we uh, <laughs> we uh, we we ran pretty solid to about halfway and we slowed up a fair bit. But and then we walked the last ten k because we we're both we we're both our legs were pretty sore and we we're both pretty over. But we you know it was good to catch up, Macca. We had a good chat and you know really enjoyed the day. And I end up waiting for my buddies. They're about an hour behind it behind us. So it was a fun 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 experience. Good way to see uh, New York City. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely! Did you? Was it a pure coincidence running into Macca? Oh, look! I knew he was going to be there, and I, I said to him, I, I dropped him a message. I said, "Oh, we should run together." But you know, the amount of people there, I didn't think I was going to run into him. But and then on the start line, there he was. So it was a bit of a coincidence. But yeah, no, it was good to run with him and, and catch up with Macca. No, I'm not a true believer on just um, it was meant to be, but little things like this happens. During your run with Macca, did he um, give you uh, some advice on how to tackle next next Kona? Because you'd have to be—I don't know what your mindset was before this Kona, but you'd have to be—I uh, imagine you're a full believer that you're in a good shot for winning it next year. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, he was—we spoke a lot about Kona, and he—he uh, he gave, uh, yeah, he gave great support on the race, and that he said that you know this race could be yours one day, and you know it's, it's basically stick out and keep working hard. But in terms of how to race it, you know, n- not too much. But he—he's definitely believes I have the you know what it takes to win it. And but we just chatted about the history of the race and about his win- winning the race and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I've always got a good advice off guys like him and and Crowing and uh, guys that have been there and done well. But uh, it was just good to listen to Macca's stories. He's got good stories, and you know it was good. We had a good time chatting. Nice. So we'll back, we'll back up a little. So what was what was um, the whole Kona experience like? Because this was your first one, wasn't it? Yeah, first time. Yeah. So I've I got into the I pretty much got in the sport because of Kona. I always wanted to do it, but I, I put off it. I put it off for years and years because I didn't think I was. Uh, physically and mentally ready to tackle it. Uh, especially, I wasn't a big believer in that I would make the swim group, and I believe to to be in that to you got to be in that front swim group to to be a, a contender there. Obviously, unless you ride like a freak like Kinlay, um, you know you, you you really need to be in that front group. So I, I put it off for years and years, and just wanted to basically make some money as well in the sport and. and and gain some experience. So, you know, I waited a good, I waited a fair while, you know, I clocked up 15, 16 Ironmans before I actually tackled my first Kona. But I thought, um, I thought 30 would be a good age to have a crack there. And especially I was working really hard on my swimming and 
I believe I had the confidence that you know I could swim in the front group, and that's what and that's what I waited for, and and it showed this year. I made the front group, and and uh, you know nearly ran myself onto a podium. That last six k kind of caught up with me, and I fell apart and uh, struggled to seventh. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good experience, and uh, definitely pumped to to get back there next year. So what did you do different? Did you do anything different with your swim to improve it, or was it just more clocking miles up? Uh, basically, I I made sure I was a lot fresher to to training sessions. So I had to back something had to give, and that's where I I had to back my running off. So you know I've always done big run mileage and you know, running hundred k weeks, but I really backed that off th- this time around. I was backing it off like 30, 40K a week. So I was only running 60, 70K a week and made sure I was a lot fresher coming to the training and and basically just, yeah, hitting, hitting, you know, I wasn't swimming big mileage. I was swimming still between 15 to 20K a week, but just getting to the sessions a lot fresher and and recovering a little bit better instead of rocking into a lot of races tired. And I really wanted to make sure I I was fresh for this and, you know, I think that helped help you just basically sit a lot better in the water you sit flat instead of your feet and your ass dragging in the water when you're tired from doing so much run mileage and stuff like that so did I you, think that did helped that, did that carry on to your bike as well well i was still because i was run, running less i was the swim bike mileage were pretty high because i knew that um you know i've been to Kona a couple of times and watched the race and they all ride so hard so i wanted to make sure that i was going to be in the mix and and the bike was very tough. Um, you know, I played it. I played it pretty conservative uh, out towards Harvey, knowing that that's when all the moves happen out towards Harvey. And and uh, I had to do three big, massive efforts to to stay in contact with the group. I I was t- going up to Harvey. I was right at the back, and I'm like, I need to start moving up. I need to get closer to the front of that group. But the line's that long. It's just you've basically got to go straight to the front, and it's it's pretty draining. It's pretty taxing. So uh, going up Harvey, a lot of splits happen, and that's when you had to have that bike strength to um, bridge those gaps. So I really made sure um, my swim and bike were going really well, and, and I had to put the run on the back burner. Yeah. What, um, so your wife, Belinda, was she at Kona? Yeah, yeah. So Belle, Belle doesn't really get to come to most races because she's, she's right into um, – uh, dressage and equestrian stuff. So she's got a couple of horses that she can't really leave um, unintended. So she was lucky to get someone to cover, and she came over and spent two weeks where two weeks in Kona with me, which was which was great. We had a good time, and it was good having her there. Well, that leads me into the next question: Did um, did you get did you get a little pissed with you only coming seventh when you you were in fourth? She these horse floats are quite expensive, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> Oh, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> you think triathlon's expensive? Oh, uh, look, jeez. Oh, uh, Belle's pretty. She's pretty stoked if I, you know, if I do well or if I come last. She's always pretty happy. But um, she kind of said, "Oh, what happened? You know, the back end of your runs, your strength." But no, nah, she was still. I think she was still pretty happy that I, I got a top ten. I think in my debut, yeah. I think the whole country was pretty stoked, mate. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But um, so do you, you reckon? Um, I'm just uh, just throwing out um a quick a little bit of obvious here, but uh, with your running miles getting chopped to to be fresher for the swim, do, was that you reckon that affected your run? 
Or do you reckon you oh, it, it, yeah. it really improved your ultimate race? Well, you know, it's a bit of a like if I kept my run mileage out, maybe I wouldn't have made the swim. You know, maybe I would have been tired for swimming and I wouldn't have made the swim group. But if I was running my mileage, maybe I wouldn't have had that bad patch in that that last six k. It's just. I don't know. It's just a tough one. It's it's tough to get all three going really well, and yeah. the guys that are do you know you have to take your hat off to the you know you get one thing going really well, and then something something gives. But you know uh, I'm trying to get all three going really well, but you know still I still ran a two fifty, which is you know I'm still pretty happy with. But yeah. usually the back end is uh, the back end of marathon is my strength, and and for for me to fall apart in that last six k. You know, looking back on it now, when when everything started to settle, it's yeah, it does it does hurt a little bit. Like fourth place would have been pretty cool, but you know, you can only you can only do what you can only do, I suppose. Yeah. So, would there be a, is there any? You look back. I don't know if you've analysed it or you even want to, but do you, would there be anything you'd change, or would you just do everything the same? Ah, uh, no. Look, you know, I. It, it's a shocking question. I know. No. no oh, look. I one thing I'm proud to is I did stick to my race plan. Um, you know, when at the start of the marathon, when Tim O'Donnell, Jan, uh, Fedino, and and Rayleigh all took off on me, and for me to let them go was like it was pretty hard to do. But you know, I just had to back what I what I know and what I've done, and I just stayed with my pace. And you know, I started pegging those guys, oh, except for Yarn. But I ended up catching Yarn at the top of Polani, but we had a good old battle on the on the Queen K. But, you know, I picked off Raylett, picked off Tim O'Donnell and picked off some other guys. So, um, you know, my pacing was there. And, you know, maybe I got a little bit too carried away on the Queen K. I did feel good. And I was running with Yarn for Dino. And I was maybe running a little bit too quick than one that I wanted to. Maybe that caught up with me in the, in the last six K. I don't know. But... Um, you know, it's it's Kona, it's a tough race. So, yeah. you know, the guys that win are the guys that lay it all out in the line. So, and that's what that's what certainly what I did. I laid it all out there and I had a crack. So, we'll, we'll go right back to the beginning. What got you into triathlon? Yeah, so I started, I was pretty late compared to a lot of my mates. I, I was, I got serious when I was about 19, 20. I, I, I did it for a little bit when I was 17, but during the winter I would stop and I'd play footy and I just did the triathlon in the summer. So I got into it. Our footy team did a try in the summer and that's how we got in. That's how I got into it. And then uh, my old school, school buddy who I did the New York Marathon, we started doing it together and training together and got real competitive and he kind of stopped doing it and I kept on going with it. And I got a little local coach in uh, Aubrey where I grew up and, Went from there and and uh, moved to Port Macquarie and started with Gilesy and and that's yeah that's pretty much how I got into it really. Is that AFL country or rugby league country? Yeah, I, yeah. Down in Aubrey is, is yeah heavy AFL. So what was it like going up to Port Macquarie? Because that'd be all rugby league. Yeah, it's yeah. they've got a little bit of AFL. It's the quality's not as good as uh, further south, but yeah, uh, it's more rugby up there, but. Yeah, I was totally done with football by then and I was right into my tries. And the reason I I moved to Port Macquarie is because my parents moved up there and I, and I kind of followed them. I knew that it was a big triathlon town and, and uh, yeah, that was it, was it was just when Ironman Australia first started in Port is when I first moved there. So, um, But now I live up in uh, Lennox Head with my coach and our, our squad and we've got a good crew up here and, 
you know, it makes training a lot easier. It's real, you know, we've got some good swimmers, we've got some good runners, we've got some good bike riders. So we all, we all push each other and we all feed off each other and work pretty hard up here. We have oh. fun too at the same time, which is, which is good. Nice. So um, when did you go pro? So I, so I started, yeah, so when I was like 18 and then I went pro when I was like, I got my pro card when I was 20, must have been 21, 22. Um, I got it in um, Bustledon, seven, uh, it was just the Bustledon half there. Um, I got third one year when it was the open category, like you could race open, you didn't need a license and I got third and that was that qualified me for my license. So I started, so that would have been 2006. Right. Yeah, that I started, yeah. Um, was it a hard decision going pro because you, cause you didn't win any age groups at that stage, did no, you? No, I didn't. I wasn't. I I was getting like seconds and thirds, but I never won my age group. Never, never, never did. And the coach at the time, uh, George Forster, kind of threw me in the deep end, and and he said, if you know, basically, if you if you want to learn, you know, let's just let's jump in the deep end, and that's the best way to learn. So. You basically, you know, you you got to start with the, the pro guys, so you got to kind of go their pace. And with the the age group, you know, the age group, you kind of go at their pace, which is you know a little bit slower. There's some good age groupers out there, don't get me wrong, but um, in the in the pro race, you kind of you got to go with them, and that's just the way you learn. So that's the way I learnt, and uh, I did try the shorter stuff, and I I just never I've never had any speed. I've I can never I. All growing up, I never had any speed. I was always an endurance endurance athlete, and so my coach kind of just said, "Well, let's just do the halves, and you know, work you up to an Ironman." And I did my first Ironman. Um, I did Port Macquarie in uh, 2007. Uh, yeah, 2007, I think. Yeah, yeah, 2007. Um, and then I got like seventh on my first Ironman there that day, and and then uh, went on. And did Switzerland and Australia again, and then I won my I won Ironman Western Australia in '08 at 24. So nice. that was my fourth Ironman. So yeah, that's, so that, that's that's pretty much how I got into it. I know Ironman Australia is more a age group event now, and it's. But did, do you ever have um, this itch to try and go back and win it, even though it, the field wouldn't um, be there? Well, when I first started racing Ironman Australia, it, it was getting quality fields. Like um, the first year I did it, Crowey raced his first Ironman the year I, I raced, and that had Shorto, had Patrick Vinay, it had um, Luke McKenzie, had an awesome field. And then the following year was another good field, Tim DeBoom, and had all these good guys. And, um, yeah, now it's a little bit disappointing that it's not the quality field they get uh back then but you know you've got you've got your Ironman Melbourne you've got your Ironman Cairns now Western Australia they you know you still got decent Ironmans uh in, in, in Australia but oh would I go back and race oh, I would love to go back and race it's my home it's my hometown I, I love it in Port my family's still down there and I would love to go like go back but the timing of the years doesn't really really suit me I, you know I really love racing in uh Bus on seventy point three, especially I won it there this year, and you know it'd be good to go back and and I've kind of committed to do Ironman Melbourne, which is a little bit too close. So yeah, one day hopefully I'd love to get back there. 
I, I personally love the Ironman Australia course. I love, apart from all those bloody potholes in the road, it's yeah. just it's just an amazing um, bike course. I absolutely yeah, love it. Definitely, it's a tough day out, and uh, and the, uh, the run through town there, it's amazing. The, cra- yeah. the town, the local town, really get behind and support it. And I got a lot of a lot of friends and family down there, so it's always good to get back down to port. In the last, um, I guess, two to three years, we've seen a huge. Well, I, from my visions, I've we've seen a like a real huge change in in you. I, I guess for um, in in you've really stepped up to to the big league. In my, my opinion, this is going. I'm going to come across yeah. as a douchebag here. I know, but um, I, I remember it might have been the first Ironman Melbourne. Um, that was coming up and me and my mates were carrying on or who's going to win it and everything and I and I and words were like oh, I'll bet Tim doesn't finish it because it was a just the way the field was stacked and and but now you're really giving it to the best in the world so what's kind of changed in the last few years uh your mate was right I didn't finish that Ironman Melbourne yeah <laughs> uh yeah like that was that was a tough day out that day and um you know, I did a few rookie things, which I've learned from, but, um, you know, you got to learn from your mistakes. But, you know, I would be taking that into to Melbourne next year and I'm, I'm pretty hungry to, to go back there and actually finish and actually get a good result. But, um, you know, I, you know I'm, I've been, you know, I've only been doing the sport for oh, 10 years now, uh, oh, a bit longer than 10 years, 12 years now, so... You know, I don't think that I'm an expert or, you know, I'm still young. I've still got a lot to learn and I don't think that I'm, I don't think I'm the world's best or anything like that. I still, I still consider myself as a bit of a rookie, I suppose. But um, I've just basically been patient. I've, you know, believed in uh, all the work I do with Jalzy and, and I'm starting to, you know, believe in myself now and back myself and the self-doubt and all that stuff now I've kind of really learned how to deal with and I believe that's kind of started to show through my racing and I, you know, I'm starting to back myself now and yeah and, and stuff like that and I think that's, yeah, showing through my racing and starting to get some good results now. Yeah, I, it's definitely showing. You, you could the, the last, the transformation I think in the last few years has just been amazing. Um, but, but um, what what about the business side of triathlons? How do you manage that? Yeah, I I've uh, I've been really lucky. I've got a uh, a long time friend of mine who I've known who I've met through the sport. Uh, Sean he Sean Smith his name is he actually we met through he used to have a photography business and we did some stuff and he actually was there when I won. I mean, Western Australian, he got some really good photos and that's how we met. So we started with my website. Now he's actually, he's managing me now and he's, he's really made me a lot more professional and made me treat this as a business. And, and, uh, I've really learned a lot from Sean and everything through from social media to marketing and, and to how to present yourself. And, and, uh, he's really made a big change and, and, and it's been, it's been really, it's been really worthwhile. And now, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have some uh, awesome contracts and, and uh, you know, making, you know, a not bad living and, you know, hopefully looking at buying my first house soon. So, yeah, it's nice. been – he's been real good point in, in helping me be in, on the business side of things. So he's basically, you know, helped with me all that. Now all I have to do is basically concentrate on training and 
training and racing and he's pretty much taken care of all that. So what about when it comes to sponsorships, like um, dealing with them, do you have much um, one-on-one with them or is it all all through your manager? Yeah, no, I'm pretty... Uh, I'm pretty lucky with uh, most of my sponsors. I've been, I've got long-term partnerships like Scotty. I've been with for seven years now, so you know I'm pretty good mates with Bernard, the the, the boss there, and, and Giant, the Giant guys. You know, they're they're such good guys. You know, we're, they're like family, and you know, you know, Sean is involved as well, but you know, I still do a lot with it, and you know, the the communication. There's a lot of communication going backwards and forwards all the time between all parties and. And, uh, you know, always trying to do more for my sponsors. You know, I'm not one of these guys that just puts my hand out and says, you know, give me this, give me that. You know, I'm all, all, all about the return to my sponsors. And, and you know, it's uh, it's not a one-way street with my sponsors. You know, obviously, I, I try to do as much as I can for them and be available for them as much as they need me. And, 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 and those guys are the, they're the same. They help me out as much as they can and, and they support me as much as they can. I think that shows too, because as you said, you've had had one sponsor for seven years. You've just re-signed with um, Giant, and they, so oh, they wouldn't be re-signing with you unless they were unless you were giving more in return. So they're so it's obviously um, going well there. But how do you find the business side from your Australian sponsors to like the sponsors in the US? Is there much different with the way you manage it, or is it just the kind of the same across the board? Yeah, no, it's pretty much same across the board. Um, I really have my. I've got two uh, US sponsors. The big one's Newton. I've they're another company I've been with. I've been with those guys probably five or six years now. So they're another company that I've grown with, and you know, just started out from shoes, and now you know I'm getting looked after pretty well. But you know, it's that's another company that I, I feel like I'm you know I'm part of the family, and you know I I always like spending, you know, three to four or five months over in the US during our winter and, you know, I, I hang out with the, the guys in Boulder a fair bit and and, and I, I always try to do as much as I can when I'm over there with them and because, and, you know, they probably don't get much out of me racing in, in Australia much but, you know, I try to do as much as I can for them when I'm in the US which, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of racing in the US. So I I much prefer to race in, in Australia, Asia Pacific area. I love racing back here. You know, all, all my big sponsors are here, and but uh, you know, I make make sure I get over to to the US to to keep my to keep the guys at Newton pretty happy as well. So, but, um, well, you're as you said before, Belinda lives lives pretty well, doesn't travel with you. Is, is that tough being on the other side of the world? Uh, yeah, look, it, it is tough, but, uh, it's just the way it is. And, you know, we deal with it pretty well. She, the, the first, she has traveled with me, with me once in, in 2011, she came away with me for six months and, you know, we had a ball, but, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a dog then. We didn't have horses or anything like that. Now we've got, we've got our own little family here. So she kind of needs to stay home and rule the roost. So, um, you could probably yeah, fit your dog in your pocket. Couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, she's a little bit bigger now, but, uh. <laughs> I would love to take. I'd love to. I'd love to take them all over with me, but it, it just it's just not possible. But um, you know, it's tough. But you know, thank God to Skype and and all those other things. Now you know we talk most days, which is which is good. So yeah. um, we'll go, we'll just. Have, oh, I've got one more quick sponsor um question. Do, do you get much pressure from your sponsors that well we 
we want you to race this particular race every year or do they just leave it leave it in your court so you can manage your own season? Nah, look, they're pretty good like that. They they might suggest some things they would like me to do, but at the end of the day, it's pretty much my call and, um, you know, they support me in whatever um, races or decisions I like. But, you know, they I, I always... I always ask them, especially, you know, my big sponsors, I always, you know, I, I've, the past week I've organised uh, what I wanted to do in 2015 and I, I ran it by all my big sponsors and, you know, made sure they were happy with it and if there was anything, you know, any race or anything they would like me to do. But, you know, they were pretty happy with all that. And I, I've actually, I was, I was surprised how big of a deal, like I knew Kona was a big deal, but I was surprised how much actually sponsors it's a big deal of sponsors and, and that, that result, how much it has changed and changed my career. Like I was, I was actually very surprised. Um, so I'd hate to think finishing higher than seventh would, would do, but, um, yeah, it's all, it's all positive and, you know, I'm really pumped, pumped for the next few years. Excellent, man. I'm really happy for you there. Um, what, what's your race? Have you made your race schedule for next year public yet or? No, I haven't. I haven't made it public yet. Um, obviously, Tony's. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so pretty much, we uh, Giles and I and Sean, we all sat down and uh, we pretty much started from Kona and we wor- worked backwards, which is something we've never done before. Obviously, and um, we uh, something similar to what I did this year, um, but there's we've taken a lot of a lot of travel out. And, you know, I went to America three times this year so you know i'm only planning on doing one u.s trip next year obviously i'm doing ironman melbourne and um uh, and obviously kona as well so we'll you know we'll see at the start of the year obviously i'll start the year i would like to start the year with auckland and uh we'll see how we go from there nice so if you could go back and talk to the 20 year old tim burkle what sort of advice would you give him um Oh, if I could go back, obviously it would be uh, to, I would say, you know, you need to start believing in yourself, kid. I, you know, back a few years ago, I was, you know, I was, I obviously didn't think I was good enough or I was worthy enough or I, I had some pretty bad self, self-belief issues and, you know, I've been lucky. I've had Grant Giles Giles, you know, helped me out and, you know, we've done some good things and he's really made me believe that I actually am capable of, uh, you know, winning big races. Yeah, nice. Um, where can people connect with you, mate, via Twitter? Or... Oh, mate, I have it all. I've got Twitter, <laughs> i got Instagram, I have Facebook, I have a fan page, I have everything. <laughs> nice. So it's all just that Tim Burkle pretty much, at, yeah. Right, I'll also put all the links on the show notes as well. Yeah, cool. Um, I like to finish everything off with a good, funny, embarrassing stories, and I, I really should have prepped you beforehand so you can have a think of one. But have you got any um, stories that are, that something happened to you in training, racing, or travel? <laughs> oh, um, how PG does it have to be? Ah, <laughs> oh, doesn't matter much. Anything oh, will look, do. <laughs> mate, I'm. I'm uh, I'm pretty stupid, and I'm sure a lot of guys have got heaps of dirty stories on me or bad stories on me. But uh, you know, I can't really think of one on the top of my head. But yeah, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a klutz. I'm a bit of a clown. So 
yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of stories. You know, I'm sure you know one or two. <laughs> what was the? Oh, now you, you just um, reminded me of you when it was on a training ride, and I remember seeing a photo of you with this great big rubber um, dildo. <laughs> <laughs> what was the? Okay, there? yeah, there you go. There's a good one. <laughs> So I was out on a training ride one day and um, uh, I was, it was in port. So I was on the course. You know how you go to Lake Cat Eye yeah. on that straight? Yeah, it was along there. We'll run along there. And I'm like, I said to my mate, I'm like, was that a rubber cock on the ground? And he's like, oh, I think so. So we rode back around and it was this big black rubber like <laughs> fake thing. And, oh, we, so we picked it up and we had, we had fun. We got some funny photos and we rode along with it and, oh, it, we yeah, it was it was pretty funny. It, this thing was huge. It was like the size of my arm, but um, yeah, yeah. There you go. There's a good story. That that was a funny day. Uh, it was just what you said yeah. there reminded yeah. me of it. Yeah, I, I actually I found that photo the other day and I actually sent it to my mate who I was riding with at the time and yeah, we had another good little chuckle about it. <laughs> nice, mate. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? No, uh, basically, thanks for having me on, Tim. Uh, Good chatting to you, mate, and uh, yeah, all the best, really. Excellent. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. See you, mate.